Hi, I'm Radhika Arapalli, the creator and host of Sustainability Stories, Balancing Act of People, Planet and Profits. The show is to share best practices and practical tips for better sustainability in your business and life. And we hope by sharing these stories, we inspire and challenge you. Thank you so much for giving me your precious time. Ever grateful for your listens, subscribes and follows. In the last episode, we spoke a great deal about sustainable packaging solutions and the multifold benefits of composting. Since then, I've received few questions on how does household composting work. To support your questions, please follow my friends at The Waste Lab on Instagram. They have education sessions and practical tips for composting. In fact, very soon, they will be launching subscription service to collect your organic waste and give you back the compost if you so wish. Good luck to my friends at The Waste Lab. Do follow up for guidance on the green and brown materials and enjoy the magic of composting. Today's episode is about biodiversity. To educate us on the topic, we are speaking to Daniel Turner, who is the co-founder and director for Animondial United Kingdom. Daniel is an environmental biologist who has been working for the advancement of allied animal welfare for over 20 years. Considered by many in the tourism industry as the pioneer of animal welfare policy, Daniel is vastly knowledgeable and experienced in the issues and in how to engage business to solve them. He also instigated and co-drafted APTA's Animal Welfare Guidelines in 2013 and 2019. Now, speaking to Daniel, I gave him a challenge. I've told him biodiversity is, kind, is misunderstood or underunderstood in many areas. So I've asked him, a simple question to explain to me how does biodiversity work? Because I believe surely biodiversity requires legislations and regulations. So I'm interested to know how I, as an individual, as Radhika Arapali, protect biodiversity within my reach. So Daniel, welcome to the show, and I'm happy for you to take up the challenge. Radhika, thank you so much. It's uh, lovely to speak with you today. Um, yeah, it's a challenge. I, I agree and uh, wholeheartedly throw myself into that. I mean, I, I think one of the problems with biodiversity is that it's often spoken uh, with science in mind. And as soon as you start um, referring to scientific terminology, people just turn off. I think the easiest way to introduce biodiversity is uh, the variety of life. You know, human beings are one of, let's say, two million other species, other types of animals, plants, uh, microorganisms. And together we form the kind of building blocks of life on this planet Earth. And through our interactions, we support each other. 
but also through interactions, we have negative impacts on each other, which may cause a whole species, whole types of animals to go extinct, or it may cause uh, other species to proliferate to such a degree that they cause problems to others. So it is very much a building plot, let's say a jigsaw puzzle, and we are a piece in the jigsaw puzzle. And if you remove any piece of that jigsaw, any pieces from the jigsaw, you have an incomplete picture. So biodiversity is the complete picture. And what we need to try to do is to maintain that complete picture as best we can by ensuring that we don't lose the pieces. And I think that is the best way of describing it. And also recognizing that we are an individual piece within that jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> we don't control it. So I think Correct. these are important issues to consider. And that's where I get challenged many a times, Daniel. I sit back on the chair and I think, you know what? What practical things can I do today as an individual in this big jigsaw puzzle to protect biodiversity? Yes, and, and I think a lot of people um, will look at it with there's so many different species, so many different environments that they live. I think it's very easy to pe for people to say, oh, well, I trust my government to step up and do the right thing and do what they can to protect biodiversity. But again, people don't really understand what that means. And, and actually, quite often, governments come very late to the party. You know, they've got many other things to think about. And um, the biodiversity debate, uh, they tend to be late to the party. So what we really need is for other uh, people to get involved from the individual person to the individual business to uh, whole consortiums of people and businesses. Everybody can play a role. And I think once you understand that you are a piece in a wider picture, then you can, uh, then it, you, you start to understand, okay, I can have a negative impact. So if I can have a negative impact, I've got to identify how, and if I understand how, then how can I prevent it or minimize it? And if I can have a negative impact, can I have a positive impact too? And how can I optimize that as much as possible? And I think once you have those understandings, then the world is your oyster. You can do as much or as little as you want and can, but I think everybody has to do something. But where do I go to get that understanding? By listening to this podcast, for one. <laughs> I mean, you can, as I said, biodiversity is the variety of life. And I think if you as an individual are doing any activity that is minimizing the variety of life, I don't know, let's put it into simple terms. If you have a front garden, I mean, okay, we're dealing with people from all over the world, but if you have a front garden and you choose and you say, oh, all this vegetation 
I can't do it. I, what I'm supposed to do with it. And you pull up all the vegetation and you put down paving slabs and you just have your paving slabs in your front garden. Nice for the cars that you can drive up and have the cars outside the house, but terrible for biodiversity because you have just eliminated not just the plants, but also the soil, the uh, organisms in the soil, the plants, the animals that feed off the plants, the animals that feed off the animals that feed off the plants. So you've kind of destroyed a whole habitat, a whole section of biodiversity. So just by making that decision, you have caused a massive negative impact. But if you instead choose to um, better manage that area, not to remove it, you could actually increase the biodiversity by bringing in more light that brings in more vegetation, that brings in more animals, that brings in more of a complex and uh, a multi-jigsaw puzzle as opposed to a smaller uh, number of of pieces within your puzzle. So it's, I think it's, that's the importance of this. I think everybody, everybody, whether it's a business, whether it's an individual or whether it's a government, need to um, recognize that we can have those negative impacts, but we can also optimize on the positives and to build it into all decisions we make. So it's about trying to make your choices and where possible, try to balance your negative and your positive. So consciously, self-consciously, as you make choices, be a conscious consumer. I think it would be idealistic to say that you need to eliminate all the negatives and only focus on the positives. I think we live, you know, we've, we've got to recognize we live in a, a different world. We have to be realistic. But I think if you can identify where the negatives are and to try and minimize those negatives as much as you can, and then equally identify how you can increase the variety of life within that space or within that environment, um, you're, you're on the right path. But the wrong path is doing nothing. And the wrong path is just saying, well, others are gonna do it for me. I pay my taxes, the government will do it on my behalf. No, I think we're beyond that now. Um, we're at a crisis in relation to biodiversity loss, in relation to climate change, in relation to viral emergence. I mean, we're all, some of us are all in lockdown. Some of us yeah. are coming out of lockdown. Uh, this pandemic is because it has happened because of our negative impact on biodiversity. So we need to recognize that. Daniel, thank you so much. Now you've told me what I could do as an individual. I'm going to throw you the next challenge. So how can I, as an organization, as a hotelier, protect biodiversity? Well, I, I think the, the answer is, is similar to, to an individual, but obviously as a hotel or as an organization, you're, you've got to manage a group of individuals. And I, and I think um, 
you know, biodiversity protection, as with all sustainability issues, it it is a it is a strategic approach, and it has to start from within. So first, first and foremost, and this is where we started on this podcast, is kind of understanding the issue. What is it? What relevance is it to us? Are we having a negative impact? How much of a negative impact? And how can we ensure we minimize that impact and maximize and kind of regenerate what we have lost? And I think that process has to be the same for whether you're an individual, a business or a government. Everybody has to go through that approach because only that way you're going to respect what you have to protect. Uh, If you don't understand what it's all about, then there's no empathy or no interest to respect it. So from a hotel perspective, it is informing your colleagues what is biodiversity, what its relevance is to life, (laughs) Uh, the air that we breathe, the food that we eat, the water that we drink. We wouldn't have any of that without biodiversity. So obviously it's kind of integral to life anyway. But in, in a hotel's context, obviously you're bringing in food, you're using energy, um, you're uh, disposing of waste. Uh, you may have a wild space connected to the hotel or a, a, you know, an unused space that could become a wild space. So it's sort of um, talking, discussing, ensuring everybody understands, ensuring everybody emphasizes, because there needs to be feeling in this. This is not about, this is not an object. This is, a, this is life. Um, and you need to, and once you have that understanding, build on that and understand, okay, where are, where are our impacts? Where are we causing species? So in the different types of animals and plants, Where are we seeing them reduce? Why are they reducing? And what can we do to stop that reduction or that decline and actually bring back, regenerate that decline? And I think once you've been through that in-house assessment, then you can kind of look externally as to how you can communicate, encourage others to do the same, whether it's your customers or partners, uh, and and then also how you can work within the communities where the hotels are based to actually work with others to kind of bring back what you have already lost. So it is a strategy, but it's not a. It doesn't that strategy doesn't mean a slow process because we don't have a lot of time to reverse what we've lost. And I think people need to realise that if we wait another ten years we may not be able to bring back what we've lost. And I don't want to think about that. I want to think about what we can do now to really stop the crises and actually reverse it and and do better for us and do better for the planet. I hear you, Daniel, and I think it's definitely none of us want to be in that situation. But given that you know, any business, any organization is very busy with their own operations and daily challenges. 
Does Animon, dear Lashley, provide guidelines to say this is the focus, this is the priority, and these are the things that you could be doing? Because where I'm struggling with at the moment is, say I own a business, and I care for the environment, I care for biodiversity, but where do I start? Yes, exactly. Well, that's a very good platform to start from. I mean, um, Animundial, we created Animundial three years ago um, because there was an obvious need from business, you know, to cut through the complexity of these kind of topics, biodiversity, animal welfare, um, habitat degradation, all scientific terms, but to cut down the sort of complexities into simplified understanding and therefore simplified actions to address whatever the problem is. And so Animundial does that. We do that on a, in an uh, impartial approach. So we're not dictators. We're not a pressure group or anything like that. Um, but we, we are fully knowledgeable. We're experts in our area. Um, but because um, my background's in biology and, and animal protection, but I've been working in the travel industry with uh, various businesses within the sector for uh, a couple of decades now, and um, I can then manipulate the topic and kind of fit it into, in, you know, fit it in the right hole as far as communication. Um, as to what actions different businesses can take. And obviously a tour operator, a hotel, an airline are all different businesses within the broad spectrum of travel and tourism, but each of them has their key roles to take. And what we do is we take the ultimate big picture and boil it down into some simple actions that individual businesses can take. And then we also hold the hand to take them through that because understandably True. people have got uh, their own roles, they've got their businesses run. Um, and so we, through that helping hand, we can help them make the right decisions at the right time. Perfect. So can I ask you to share with us any examples or any clients where you've actually given the impartial advice and then the actions and held their hands to completion? Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, we work with uh, all manner of businesses, all different sizes. So I suppose the the biggest uh, client that we've worked with, with is the Dirtaristic Group. Um, a massive global conglomerate of different travel businesses uh, around the world. And we developed their animal protection strategy, um, which um, just before the pandemic hit was starting to be integrated throughout their businesses uh, and ultimately rolled out. And so uh, that sort of package, as it were, was a kind of an educational piece what is animal protection? What's the business case? Uh, what kind of impact does the business have? So all the things we've discussed previously. And then importantly, how they can get their, uh, in ha their house in order, you know, as far as what they sell, what they don't sell, how they engage with their partners, how they communicate to their customers 
all of these things are important in that whole scope of animal protection. So that was probably the, the big example. And then the smaller examples working with individual companies uh, to kind of define their commitment. Uh, so by commitment, it's not a policy. I think, think it's such a dry word. It's a commitment. You're committing to achieve a goal. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen with time and you need a strategy and you need to integrate the strategy throughout the business. So we help these businesses understand their vision because everyone's vision is different, but we can obviously guide and advise. And then we integrate that vision into the business. So every different department, whether it's from the CSR department through to product procurement, through to marketing, sales, they each have a role within the wider strategy and it's education, empathy, understanding, respect and delivery, which uh, is part and parcel for all of this. Okay, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. You've had quite a few success with a couple of clients. And you've well, been... I mean, that was, I mean, two examples. Um, but I mean, I think um, we, we are all about um, helping the individual company, the travel groups and so on. Yes, we're here to, to identify where your negative impacts are and to help you understand why they're negative impacts and then why they are important for your business to minimize as much as possible but then how you can optimize on your delivery to bring back. So we can certainly get people's houses in order, but, I, but our agenda is much wider than that. I mean, we're two people, yes, but we're ambitious people. Uh, we hit the ground running wherever we can. Um, and what we really want to do is work with businesses to overcome the challenges, uh, everything from what to do about the uh, Southeast Asian elephant camps, which have received a lot of bad press. How can we overcome those issues, but still protect the animals and protect local people's livelihoods at the same time um, to the bigger agendas of biodiversity and climate change? What involvement can we have within these bigger picture discussions and engagements and make a meaningful change. And that's what we're all about, making meaningful change. Brilliant, Daniel. And I think I learned only in my episode with Prue Stone, episode nine, where I learned that COP for climate change is different to COP for biodiversity. I always thought they were together, and only then I've learned that they were two independent bodies which control. So I suppose you want to play in the strategy space too with COP, biodiversity, what's being coming down top down. Yes, I mean, the COPs, I mean, COPs just means conference of parties or of the parties. And, and it, it's basically a term that's used to bring governments together. So there are many of those, but the ones that are relevant to my realm uh, would be the biodiversity COP that's taking place in China this year, 
the climate change COP that's taking place in Glasgow, UK this year. Um, and then the CITES, which is the Convention on um, the Trade in Endangered Species, which also has a COP. So this is just when governments come together and decide unified action, which uh, all the NGOs and all people like me kind of pray that they're going to do something groundbreaking rather than just doing the minimal and all the lobbyists behind the scenes trying to kind of push the governments in the direction of something that's actually going to be meaningful rather than uh, a greenwash. Um, and this is why, you know, we can't just leave it to governments. Um, governments are important. Regulation, legislation is important because it helps you to focus your mind. It helps to bring people together. It helps to bring a kind of consistent approach to, a, to addressing an issue. But if you don't have enforcement of that legislation, or if you don't have an understanding about what it's all about, it's never gonna happen. So you need to have, it, 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 you know, it's this jigsaw puzzle I keep referring to. You need all the pieces, you need all the individuals working towards the same goals and together, otherwise yeah. it's not gonna work. I do wanna switch gears here and ask you one question. So what impact has COVID had on biodiversity? I do get it. Yes, we travel less. We've probably sat longer times at home. We've used excess plastic also to keep us safe. So has that resulted in a negative or a positive impact on biodiversity? I, I'd say that the COVID pandemic has had mixed, uh, <laughs> mixed, mixed engagements with biodiversity, both positive and negative. And yes, People have traveled less, whether it's by car or by plane or, or otherwise. And, and obviously that has brought down um, uh, carbon and, and other sort of, um, get, you know, uh, harmful gas uh, declines, which has been good for biodiversity because ultimately it's allowed things to flourish, including us as human beings. You know, we haven't had the the pollution in our cities um, over the last um, 12 months or so, which we saw prior to that. Um, but it's also tourism, also um, the lack of tourism has also had a negative impact in the sense that because yes, there's less tourists around, so particularly animals in wild spaces can go about their business without having lots of um, jeeps following them around or balloons or helicopters or however people are viewing the, the wildlife in the wild. Um, but that lack of um, custom, that lack of um, activity has allowed other negative impacts to occur, such as the encroachment of local people into wild spaces to uh, chop down vegetation to make charcoal or the hunting of wildlife for food, but also for um, uh, components in uh, traditional medicines. Um, 
which we know uh, feeds into the whole illegal wildlife trade um, topic, which in itself is causing biodiversity because we're seeing species going extinct or being threatened with extinction because of that. So tourism actually, in my mind, uh, if managed poorly, and we've been talking about that, if managed poorly can have a massive negative impact on individual animals, species, and the natural environment. But if we understand where our negative impacts are and reduce those and optimize the positives, then tourism can bring massive value to individual animal species and natural environments. Purely by valuing their existence, then local people will value their existence because that brings in tourism revenue. And then that in itself, they become the guardians of those animals. And then we're in a better place. We're in a much better place. And I think tourism is a, but maybe the uh, solution to um, halting um, biodiversity loss because it brings revenue value, monetary value to its protection. Um, and I think um, empathy obviously is important, but you're only going to bring the converted with you, which is like 5%. We need to bring the, the rest and the rest listen to growth, listen to um, you know, the, 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 the bank balance at the end of the day. And I think if we can prove that by protecting biodiversity and regenerating it, we'll look better on the balance sheet at the end of the day, we'll have a lot more people involved. And that's what we need. And does Animon deal present that view? Yes, we do. <laughs> Brilliant. That's it. That's the gap that you need to plug, Daniel. Well, yes, and the more I, mean, I see, it's the balance that we need to establish, isn't it? I do trust correct. tourism has positive and negative, and it's about bringing the balance. So you're actually... Yes. And, and you know, I worked for an NGO for many years and, and uh, you know, a non-government organization or pressure group, as anyone wants to call it. But And we had a particular focus and it was a very black and white focus. And... And one of my reasons for leaving that is that just having that black and white view of, no, this is not possible, full stop, it is never going to achieve the change that you ultimately want. You have to be realistic. You have to compromise. And you have to go through a process of education, training education, ensuring that empathy in order and understanding in order to get the respect and only then can you actually start to see positive change so absolutely Anna Mundial is in that space between yes doing the right thing but doing it in a commercial sense in a business sense that's going to improve your bottom line in the long term but also ensure that you do good in the world rather than damage in the world yeah I think I'd go back to what you've said earlier. Take responsibility for your actions and don't wait for someone else to do it for you. I think exactly. That's, I, it sticks with me and that's very good. And with that, Daniel, I'm going to take you to the rapid fire round. Are you ready? 
So tell me, Daniel, what's your favorite hotel in the world? Difficult one, um, <laughs> but I did live for a time in the Peruvian Am Amazon, a place called uh, Tambapata, which has some of the best biodiversity in the world. So if you haven't been, go uh, responsibly. Um, and there, there is a, um, a hotel there called the Rainforest Lodge, which is right up in the almost in the core zone of the national park. And it, and it is the most amazing place because you're immersed in nature. It surrounds you and you can't ignore it because it's very loud as well, uh, particularly in the mornings with the howler monkeys calling. So I, for me, that is my best place. But I fully appreciate why it won't be for others. No, brilliant, actually. I love such unique recommendations. And that's the reason for asking. I'll include that in the show notes. And as Daniel says, be responsible and travel sensibly. My next question, what technological innovation you wish to see for sustainability and biodiversity? Well, this, this kind of gives us a little bit of a platform here because um, one of the things that I've um, kind of struggled with over the years is, yes, I've you know, written a lot of guidelines and trainings and even auditing paperwork on how to uh, minimize impact and, ma and maximize positive output for animal protection. But what we really need is a way of evaluating that impact, really measuring it. COVID time of uncertainty, Animal Mundial spent a lot of time on research and development in order to realize this opportunity to really measure and understand impact and therefore then work with the companies to address that impact and, and maximize where we can. So an evaluation tool to um, identify the impact and that's what we're developing at the moment. Um, so Fingers crossed. It can that is a big win, definitely, Daniel, especially because we're slowly getting adapted to science-based targets. And I think I would say more or less everyone now has a carbon measurement and a science-based target. But what you're talking about is a nature-based target. So setting targets for nature and setting targets with the jigsaw puzzle that we spoke about earlier in the episode is a true challenge. And I do agree it's an innovation. Yeah, exactly. And just to add to that, it, it is scientifically based, but the terminology used and the assessment process is very much in layman's terms. So it is written for the travel business in mind rather than the scientist in mind. When is it ready for publication? Well, <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's working behind the scenes at the moment. We plan to have the pilot phase out in uh, a month or so. Um, and so we've got a number of travel businesses that have been working with us uh, to ensure that it's going to work well when it finally comes out. And so obviously you have to go through that process. Our fingers are crossed for... Uh, early 2022 um, and to launch it at, at a, a travel event. Uh, watch this space. Nice. I hope we have you back on the show to tell us all about it once you are published. So let's calendar in for late 2022 then. 
fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. So before I close the show, is there anything else you want to add? Only that uh, this biodiversity topic um, and the impacts that we as humans are having on biodiversity is not going to go away. Uh, it's going to get worse if nothing is done now. And I think we as individuals, people, individual businesses and consortiums of businesses, we have to work together to halt biodiversity loss lessen climate change, which is interconnected, and do what we can to regenerate what we've lost. So we have an initiative called um, Build Back Better for Animals, um, which allows businesses to understand the agenda of animal protection in tourism and where they may be having negative impacts and where they can do best, better to have positive outcomes. Uh, so please visit our website, animundial.com, to find out more. I think you've said it all. Thank you, Daniel. Wise words. You're very welcome. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I would love your feedback on reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.